Chapter 9 of the Pony Rider Boys in Louisiana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pony Rider Boys in Louisiana by Frank G. Patchen. The Fat Boy Hung Up. Stacy fumbled and fussed until he had cinched the girth tightly, the horse chafing at its bit eager to be after its companions. Then the fat boy thrust a foot into the stirrup, one hand grasping the pommel of the saddle, the free hand giving the animal a sharp slap on the flanks. Chunky's horse started with a leap and a snort. The boy's toe slipped from the stirrup before he had succeeded in swinging the other leg over the saddle. Then something else occurred that was not part of Stacy's program. The pommel caught under his belt suspending him from the saddle the pony was now tearing along the trail in the wake of the others at full speed whoa whoa yelled chunky the horse paid no attention to its master's command and increased and rather than lessened its pace stacy's toes were dragging on the ground his body being pinioned to the side of the animal which was literally cracking the whip with the unfortunate fat boy as it was Stacy's feet touched only the high places along the trail. Whack! The boy's body sideswiped a tree. Ouch! yelled the pony rider boy. Whoa, I tell you, you fool horse! But there was no stopping the animal. It plunged on and on, thorn bushes tearing the trousers of the lad, drawing blood as the sharp points raked his flesh, thrashing him against trees and stumps until there was scarcely a spot on his body that was not at least black and blue. The animal was plainly frightened, and Chunky realized that it was running away. The reins were out of the boy's reach, and he was powerless to pull himself up or get a leg over the saddle. The horse did not give him time for anything. Suddenly the boy's fingers closed over something cold. It was the bush horn. His heart gave a leap. He tugged at the horn until he had succeeded in pulling it from the saddlebag. But when he tried to put the end in his mouth, Stacy came near, losing some teeth. A trembling blast from the bush horn rang out, then another and another, until the birds ceased their song. The blasts of the horn were alternated with the yells of the fat boy. Off ahead, the others of the party were riding rapidly, though not so rapidly that Brown and his frightened horse were not overhauling them. Tad's keen ears finally caught the sound of the horn. He turned in his saddle and for the first time realized that Chunky was not with them. The ride had been so exciting thus far that none had given any heed to what was going on at the rear. The boy supposed Stacy was trailing along behind them. Placing his horn to his lips, Butler gave a long, winding blast. The guide pulled his horse up short, as did the others. "'Stacy is not with us,' shouted Tad. Where is he? called the guide. I don't know. Why, why, he has been right behind us all the time, returned the professor. I'm not sure of that. I haven't looked back once. Ichabod, have you seen Master Brown? I don't see him. There goes Stacy's horn again. Yes, he's coming on, said Ned. There's something wrong with him, cried Tad. I can tell by the excited way in which he's blowing the horn. About that time they heard him coming. The sound of the horse thrashing its way through the bushes was borne plainly to their ears, and suddenly boy and horse dashed into view. 
The Pony Rider boys opened their eyes in amazement. Look at him, yelled Ned. Tad whirled his own horse about and started for Stacy, with Billy Lilly not far behind. At this juncture, the fat boy's belt gave way, and he disappeared under the horse. The boys groaned, fully expecting to see Chunky trampled to death, but the horse was far too active to tread on its fallen rider, and cleared the boy's body in a swerving leap. "'Catch the horse!' cried Tad, dashing toward the fallen Chunky, and throwing himself from his saddle, at the same time slipping the bridle rein over his animal's neck so that his own mount would not run away. "'Are you hurt, Chunky?' cried Tad, gathering the fat boy up in his arms. "'Hurt, hurt,' answered Stacy, somewhat dazedly, blinking rapidly, and passing a trembling hand slowly over his face. "'No, I reckon I'm not hurt. I scratched that race.' "'But, but what happened to you?' demanded Professor Zeppelin excitedly. Uh, "'Happened?' "'Yes, yes. Why, nothing happened to me. I was just trying out a new stunt,' answered the fat boy, a smile rippling over his countenance. "'Oh, fudge!' grunted Ned. "'What's the use bothering with him? He won't tell on himself.' "'Neither would you, if you had been dragged half a dozen miles by the back of the neck,' snapped the fat boy. "'How far?' asked Lily. "'Half a dozen miles.' "'Is there any water near here?' Mr. Lily asked Tad. "'Master Stacy's body is covered with blood and scratches.' "'Yes. You all lead him over here to the right. I reckon we can find some water.' "'I don't want any water,' wailed Stacy. "'Yes, you do,' insisted Tad. "'I don't. I guess I know what I want and what I don't want. Water will make it hurt. I want something to eat. All my breakfast has been shaken down until I can't feel it at all.' Tad nodded to the guide, who tethered his horse and hurried away to fetch water. In the meantime, Butler was removing Chunky's torn clothes. Even the underclothing had been torn to shreds. "'My, what a mauling you did get,' observed Walter sympathetically. "'Serves him right,' answered Ned. "'I don't understand how this thing occurred,' said the professor. "'I think he got hung up by his belt, sir,' answered Tad. "'Wasn't that what happened, Stacy?' I, "'I guess so.' "'Tell me about it,' urged Tad. "'Ouch!' howled Chunky, as Butler dabbed the wet cloth against the torn skin of the fat boy. "'Ned, you hold him.' "'With pleasure,' grinned Rector, taking firm hold of Stacy. "'You let go of me,' raged Stacy. "'I'm going to hold you, even if I have to tie you,' retorted Ned. "'If you don't want rough treatment, just stand still and take your medicine. "'Tell us how it occurred. "'That will take your mind off your aches and pains.' "'I had one foot in the stirrup. "'The beast started, and I slipped. "'Then I got hung up.' "'He got hung up. Hooray!' cried Ned. "'Chunky tried to punch him.' but Rector, laughingly, thrust the fat boy away from him. "'If you will stand still, it will be ended in a moment, Stacy,' soothed Tad. "'My, what a drubbing you did get. So you got hung up?' "'Yes. Then that fool horse ran away. I never walked so fast in my life. It was like sailing in the air. My feet were straight out behind me most of the time. You ought to try it, fellas. It's great. I'll bet I should have made a hit in a circus with that.' "'I hope you didn't destroy any of the cypress trees,' observed the guide. Stacy gave him a resentful look. "'Walter, get another pair of trousers from Chunky's kit. This pair isn't fit to be worn again,' directed Butler. Walter Perkins hastened to obey Tad's order, and in a few minutes they had fixed the boy up so that he was reasonably comfortable, though his body was sore and it hurt him even to laugh. 
I don't know what we're going to do with you, young man, reflected the professor, chin in hand, eyes fixed coldly upon the face of the fat boy. You, you don't have to do anything with me. I can do quite enough for myself. I should say you could, grinned Tad. The others laughed. I shouldn't want as much done to me, added Ned. Are you able to ride? questioned the guide. No, I guess I'll walk. I'm not hankering to sit down. I don't know that I'll ever be able to sit down again. Chunky groaned dismally. Perhaps we'd better make camp here, suggested the professor. I don't think this is a good place to camp, answered Tad. The ground is too low. How far is it from here to the sunflower, Mr. Lilly? About five miles. Oh, we can make that all right. I will lash my blanket to Stacy's saddle, and after he has ridden a few moments, he will be all right. Chucky agreed, grumblingly, taking a keen pleasure in having others wait on him. He enjoyed his present situation, even though his wounds were painful. In a few minutes, they had prepared the saddle for him and assisted him into it. Now see if you can keep out of trouble, directed Tad. Give the baby his little horn the blow, jeered Rector. Wind, you mean, corrected Stacy. They wind down here. They don't blow. Well, wind then, if you like that better, grumbled Ned. I do, because that is the right way to say it. Your early education was sadly neglected. Did they take you out of school to dig early potatoes before the spring terms closed? Questioned Stacy innocently. Are you trying to royal me, Stacy Brown? If you are, you might as well save your breath. I am too tickled at your predicament to get angry with you, averred Rector. Lily gave the word to move, whereupon the party fell into line again with the same formation as before, Stacy stubbornly insisting on keeping at the rear, the boys flinging back jokes at him. In this manner they went on for some distance, at first slowly, then gradually increasing their speed. Now and then the boys would glance back to grin at the fat boy, who was having considerable difficulty in keeping up. They noticed that he was not sitting with his full weight in the saddle. Instead, he was half standing in his stirrups, because it pained him to sit down and take the jolting of the trotting horse. "'Look out for the vines. Keep in the trail,' called the guide. The boys, for the moment, forgot their companion at the rear of the line. They swung around in a curving trail, Lily slashing and shouting directions at them. Stacy standing a little higher in his stirrups to see what all the shouting was about. Then, all of a sudden, the fat boy was swept from his saddle, kicking, yelling, while the horse lurched forward and started into a long, loping gallop now that it was freed from its burden. Hi, look there, yelled Ned Rector, as Stacy's riderless horse came trotting up to them. More trouble, groaned Tad Butler, wheeling and starting back over the trail at as fast a gallop as possible over the rough ground. End of chapter 9 Recording by Richard Kilmer Rio Medina, Texas